The following podcast contains material that some people may find triggering or upsetting. If you suffer from a mental health condition, or think that you may do, consult your doctor. I am not a professional. <sighs> Hello. When I started this podcast, I said I was going to be candid and honest. So here it is. I am not in the mood for doing this podcast today at all. All those negative thought patterns we spoke about last week are doing overtime. I'm spiralling hard from a couple of things that were said at work today and... Well, it doesn't matter. I don't actually want to talk about it, at least not here, not with all of you. The point is, I don't really want to be here right now. I'm mopey, and it's been a really hectic week. I feel a little overwhelmed, but I made a commitment. I have a schedule to stick to. I set myself a goal. So maybe it's fitting that this week we're talking about making plans and following them. I don't have a plan B, so let's get on with plan A. This is Burdens, episode 4. Okay, let's do this. Take a moment to think about how busy your life is, and how busy you want it to be. You may be thinking, life is so hectic, I wish I could just do nothing. Or you might be thinking, I've got nothing going on right now, I wish my life was full of excitement, and I had things constantly going on. In reality, the middle ground is where we all should be. If you're doing too little, you're going to get bored, restless, and unfulfilled. If you're doing too much, you're going to get burned out and stressed. We're actually going to look at dealing with stress more next week, because sometimes stress is unavoidable, and we all need to find ways to cope with it. But for now, I want to talk about how to structure your life, how you use your time, and how to give yourself the best possible chance of finding a good balance. So where do we start? We start by trying to understand the concept of pacing. Now you've probably heard that word before, used in reference to running or something. Not too fast, not too slow. And it's the same sort of thing here. We need to pace ourselves, pace our lives, pace our activities. Like I said before, if you overdo things, you'll feel bad. If you don't accomplish anything, you'll feel bad. Pacing just means finding the sweet spot, and spreading your activities out in a sensible way. Now, one thing people with depression tend to do is they tend to do too much on the days they feel okay and a lot less on the days they feel worse. This is called activity cycling. When your activity levels are going up and down like that, like a yo-yo, you'll tend to feel like your condition is controlling what you do. This is why pacing is recommended to people like me, but it's really something that any of us can do to improve how we feel about our workload, or our chores, or any other responsibilities. The rules of pacing are, plan a steady amount of activity every day. Stick to that level of activity, no more, no less. Do it regardless of whether you're having a good or a bad day. 
The easiest way to plan is by making a diary. Not only does it give you a great reference point and give you a comprehensive record of what you've accomplished, it really helps illustrate whether the week is balanced or whether you've accidentally put all your stressful chores onto Saturday and the weekend's going to be tough or something like that. One thing to note is that pacing isn't just about physical activity, it encompasses everything. Your sleep routine, financial obligations, nutrition, social interactions, work, etc. And one good way to start is just to spread out all your activities so they're not all bunched together. But there's a way you can take this a step further, and it's by categorising our activities. There are three main categories, routine, pleasurable and necessary. Routine things are regular activities like getting up, taking your medication, cleaning, cooking a meal, the things you do on a regular basis. Pleasurable things, well, that should be obvious, but it's the things you would actually enjoy doing. And if you remember week one, I told you that you needed to try things you used to find fun. Well, this is the category for those sorts of things. You need pleasurable activities in your life. Don't just focus on the boring stuff you think is more important. Lastly, there's the necessary things, which might be something like paying a bill or confronting a difficult situation at work. Something we have to do, which isn't necessarily part of our routine. If you put all your activities into those categories, and also figure out which ones are easy, which ones are an average difficulty, and which ones you find really hard, that helps you make good decisions about when you schedule things. So they're not just spaced out a bit, but spaced out intelligently, so that you don't end up doing all your hard things on the same day, or finding yourself with no pleasurable things for five days straight. You write it all down, and you do it. That's pretty much all there is to it. But sometimes we don't always manage to stick to our plans, so I wanted to mention that you need to review your plan. Don't just get discouraged and toss your diary in the bin. Take a closer look at what happened. Ask yourself, what stopped me? What went well? How could I improve? And build that into your future plans. If you're making a plan for your life anyway, then it makes sense to talk about goals. You know, goals that you have for your future, the things you want to do with your life. Goals are actually a bit of a double-edged sword. You might think of yourself as really goal-orientated or goal-driven, but it's entirely possible for goals to be bad. Goals which are unattainable or too vague could be a contributing factor to a low mood. But we need goals, obviously. We need the sense of purpose. We need the sense of achievement and satisfaction of accomplishing things. So what would be really useful is if there was some way to make sure your goals are sensible. Well, you've come to the right podcast. The concept is called SMART goals, and it might even be something you've encountered before, perhaps at work. There are five aspects to SMART goals to help you remember them. SMART is actually an acronym, uh, so each of those letters, S-M-A-R-T, stands for something. They are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So is your goal specific? If your goal is, I want to run more, that's too vague. Something like, I would like to be able to run for half an hour at least three times a week, is a lot more specific. Notice how it's also measurable. You can immediately answer whether you've met your goal that week. It's achievable and realistic, as long as you're reasonably fit and actually really want to run. And it's timely, because this is something you could do right now, if you wanted to. It's not about something that takes place in two years or something. It's best to focus on goals which are important to us because that makes us more likely to achieve them. And it's good to only worry about things we can control too. 
So if your goal is to pass an exam, that's not entirely within your power, arguably. So your goal should be something like, I'll revise at least twice a week. If you're not really sure whether you want to do your goal, ask yourself, what are the advantages of changing? What are the advantages of everything staying the same? And do the same with disadvantages. Does changing look more appealing, or is staying the same what you would prefer? One other thing to bear in mind is that your goal should be somewhat flexible. Things happen. Uh, notice that in my running example I said three times a week. If I had said every day, then if it was awful weather or something came up, you'd fail instantly. Try to plan your goal, like we planned activities earlier, and try to minimise the impact of whatever barriers you might have. And of course, like our plan with earlier, we might sometimes not achieve our goal. Remember what we did with our diary. Learn from the experience. Ask those questions again. What stopped me? What went well? How could I improve? Bear them in mind when you make your next plan. By now, if you came to this podcast and you were in the midst of a depression, you might have found some of the things I've said useful. If so, that's really great. The way we think about goals can come in handy maintaining whatever progress you've made so far. Because if you suffer regularly, then one of your goals is probably to reduce your number of relapses, or to handle them better. You can absolutely use plans to continue making progress, and to mitigate any slidebacks. Think about what you've learned, and what you've found most useful. Figure out what you can continue to do to prevent a relapse. Identify your high-risk scenarios, the signs that you might be about to slip into a low mood. When you think about all that information, and you bear it in mind while setting yourself goals and making schedules, the next relapse might just be that little bit further away, and a little bit easier to deal with. Next week we're talking all about stress and the importance of sleep. I could use a nap myself. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next week.